0: Welcome to the King's Chapel, Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. standing, Take your Bibles and turn to the book of Habakkuk. Remember to say Habakkuk. That's not tongues, that's actually the name of them, one of the books of the Bible. It's on page 1344. If you have the same Bible I have, you're like, where is that? Well, it's, there's no shame to look at the table of contents. Uh, years ago, when Minister Heidi was here, we were looking for a scripture, and I went to the table of contents, and she says, Pastor, are you using the table of contents? I said, yeah. She says, that's cute. <laughs> because, you know, you're a pastor, you should know where all the books of the Bible are. Okay. Like I said, I rejoice and I can spell my name. You go to Matthew, Matthew, Mark, Luke, go to the New Testament, turn back. Then there's Malachi, if you're an Italian, or Malachi, otherwise. Then it goes to Zechariah. Keep going backwards. That's our, uh, the Z- Project Zechariah. That's where we get that from. And then Haggai. Everybody say, hey guy. hey, guy. Okay, but that's not really how it says, Haggai. But that's how you remember it. It was a popular statement in the 70s where people used to say hi to each other, go, hey, guy. All right, and then Zephaniah. Habakkuk, are you all there? All right, Habakkuk chapter three, we do have some notes for you. Habakkuk three, verse 17. Though the fig tree may not blossom. Are you guys all right? Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor their fruit be on the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no fruit, though the flock may be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls. Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength. He will make my feet like deer's feet. And he will make me walk on the high hills. To the chief musician with my stringed instruments. Gracious Heavenly Father, let your gifts, let your power be manifested. Do all that you want to do. In the moments that remain tonight in this service, release living understanding and transformation As your word goes forth, it doesn't return void. Have your way. Have your will. Lord, even as I've given notes, I'm happy to step away from them according to the moving and the stirring of your spirit. Nevertheless, may everything that's said and done bring you glory. May our lives be touched and impacted because you showed up tonight. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. I remember at certain port parts of my life bemoaning different things that happened. You know, why, why was I, you know, why did this happen? And why did that happen? And what? There's a lot of things you don't have choices over. You don't have a choice over what family you were born in. I don't have a choice whether I'm, I'm white. I was born white. I'm white. You were born black. You didn't have a choice whether you were born black. You didn't have a choice if you are born in the United States of America or some other nation. You do not have a choice about that. You never have a choice of whether you came out C-section or whether you were, you know, natural. Is that what they say? Yeah. Yeah. You did have a choice of whether your mama bottle fed you or you were fed by some other means. <laughs> well, there's a lot of stuff you do have a choice about. You know, there's no victims in the kingdom. I mean, you might add to the list, as I have here, you, you know, you didn't choose this, you didn't choose that. Some of the things we don't have a choice about. And many times we're affected by other people's choices. They made choices. We, we call it, Dr. Morocco calls it the destruction of the innocent. And I see it all the time. It's children born into a family, but the two parents don't have their heads screwed on straight, usually because they came from a family that didn't have their heads screwed on straight. Do you know what that means? That means they're broken, they're hurting, they're bitter, they're angry, they don't know God, they don't know how to control their emotions, they don't know how to communicate, and you're born into that mess. Listen, if you think you're the only one that had a dysfunctional family, you're mistaken. They lost Jesus one one Sabbath. They lost him, so, you know... Can you think about the amount of counseling Jesus had to go through abandonment at 12 years old? Oh, God. You're not the only one. Come on, someone say I'm not the only one. These things are common to us as human beings. But the choices of other people affect us. And what was once the safest place, what would be considered the safest place, the womb is no longer safe in our culture. I've entitled it Choose. This message is called Choose. We have real choices. You say, well, I I do not. No, you do. You didn't have a choice of what family, you didn't have a choice of what color, you didn't have a choice of what gender you are. People can go through the the transition and the change and and try to change their gender. Take a blood sample. Every part of their DNA says male or female. It's not going to say anything. No matter what you try to change the outside to look like, it's going to say male or female on the inside. Did you know that there's this new thing called, is it uh, gender dysphoria, sudden onset gender dysphoria? And it's being pushed down the throats of people all around the nation. I mean, you don't hear too much here in Alaska, but California, it's big. Reparative therapy is outlawed. Oh, God. Come on, someone say, I'm a spirit. spirit. That which is going to live forever, your spirit will live forever. Where you live is dependent upon the decision that you make and who you make to be your Lord and Savior, whether your sins are forgiven or not. Your sins are forgiven by repentance and belief on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's no other way. And so we're a spirit. Come on, someone say, "I'm a spirit." Yeah, you wear your spirit. You're a spirit. You have a body. In fact, there's three in one: Father, Son, Holy Spirit. How many of you know there's three parts to you? Right? Spirit, soul, body. It's your body. Your soul is your mind and your emotions. I'm going to tell you what. It was a, a, a day of breakthrough and revelation that caused a revolution in my life when I realized I'm not what my soul is. That actually Jesus came to live on the inside of me. I started realizing, hey, wait a minute. My thoughts are not lining up with what the truth is. I need to change the way I think, Romans 12. I'll begin to change the way I think, and I'll begin to see glory shooting out of my face. Did you understand what I just said? As a man thinks, so he is. What you, somebody said, you are what you eat. Nah, it'll affect you for sure, but you are what you believe. And you know what you believe by the way that you act. So the way that you act is actually a demonstration of your belief system. All right. We're more than what behavioralists say. Write in your notes. Behavioralists, what is that? Well, another word for them is uh, reductionists. What is that? Behavioralists or reductionists, uh, let, me, let me use the illustration of Pavlov's dog, psychology. How many of you heard of Pavlov's dog? So Pavlov's dog he would ring a bell and feed the dog. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding. Every time he rang the bell, he fed the dog. Ding, ding, ding. It sounds like more like a pig, doesn't it? Ring the bell, feed the dog. Read the bell, ring the bell, feed the dog. Ring the bell. Then he changed things and would ring the bell and the dog would drool. He conditioned the dog through behavior and reaction and rewards. And there are some that say man is just like a dog. Man is, man, mankind is reduced to his behavioral reactions based upon, where, I'm going to tell you something, that, that's not true. Oh, ring the bell, ring the bell at my house, I'm going to drool for sure. But the point is you can, you can overcome those things. You can change your life. You can choose to not be led around by a bell. We're more than just stimulus and response. See, because if you're more than just stimulus and response, please watch this and turn to 2 Corinthians 5.10. If, ju- if you were just stimulus and response, then there's no place for 2 Corinthians 5.10, which they'll put on the screen as soon as they find it. I so appreciate our media team. You're not just stimulus and response. Because in the end, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. There's the very fact that there's a judgment for you and me that you will stand before, as will I, is a statement that you can change, you can choose. You're not trapped in some evil reality that you have to be angry like your father and broken like your mother. That you have to be addicted the rest of your life and have a, you know, you're just doomed to to live this life of torment and toil. That's not a biblical idea. It's not. I can do All things through Christ who strengthens me. And I I know what it is to be pulled so much in one direction. It's almost like you're being ripped in half. But if you'll learn to live by your spirit. But I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself. You can choose to have a blessed life. Come on, somebody say, I can choose to be blessed. Revelation 20 and verse 11. Put it on the screen again if you can. Revelation 20 and verse 11. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it, and the earth and the heavens fled from his presence. There was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne. The books were opened, and another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged according to their works, By the things which are written in the books. Go to the next verse, please. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades delivered up the dead that were in them. And they were judged, each according to his works. Next verse. Then death and Hades were cast into the lake of fire, which is the second death. Next one. And anyone not found, Written in the book of life, was cast into the lake of fire. Leave that up. How is your name actually written in the book? There's only one way to get your name written in the book, and that's by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ that he died in your place. And by being forgiven of your sin, you could surrender your body to the flames and still split hell wide open. You must be born again. You must receive Jesus. All of Christianity says that. Catholics believe it at its core, although there's been some strange things that have gone in there. Methodists, Presbyterians, all evangelical Christians believe the same thing, that you must be born again. You must repent of your sin and receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. That is the only way. And you know what? Nobody can make you do that. Your mom, your dad, they serve the Lord with their hair on fire. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You still need to choose. You can't ride their coattails on into heaven. Everything that you do, everything that I do, we'll be held accountable for it. Let's have a praise break. Feels a little bit heavy in here. Come on, somebody say, holy smokes. I love what Mike Bickle says, that the understanding of that makes every single second Every moment of your life, when you turn the other cheek, when you, when you decide not to do that evil thing, when you choose to, to go the way of the Lord and obey his word, even though it's so difficult and your flesh wants to go the other way, you will be rewarded. You'll be blessed by doing it. Our choices can be good or, or bad. On, you know, on that day, all excuses fall flat. You, will not be able, you might be able to manipulate your children, or your children can manipulate... Manip- Manipulate parents. You might be able to lie and hoodwink and bamboozle people and lead them down the primrose path. But you will not be able to do it on that day because you can't fool God because he knows everything. Our choices can be good or bad, right or wrong. Because they're judged by a standard. There's a standard. It's not some capricious, mixed-up thing of however God feels. Well, I don't really like you today, so you go to hell next. No, there's a standard. There's right and and there's wrong. God's law is a standard. Ten commandments, we've all broken them. The evidence of... Of the fact that we need a savior is in the fact that we can't obey the Ten Commandments. As try, try, try as you might, you will not be able to fulfill them all. You need a savior. You need God come on, you need you need more than a rule book. Thank God for the rule book, you need a savior person and the work of Jesus Christ. We're talking about a standard. There's choices, and there we're going to be judged. There's right, there's wrong, going to be judged. God's given us his word. God's given us his law, and we see the person of Jesus and how he lived and how he lived. Come on, you used to see those bands around people's wrists. You know, what would Jesus do? Well, what would he do? How about what did he do? Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. When you're done reading Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John again. And when you're done reading it, read it again. Come on, somebody say again. That's pretty good. His priorities. What did he do? He got up early to pray. He got up early and went to EMP. Him and Pastor Kirsten went to morning prayer. It was a priority. You'll see. What did Jesus make a priority? Think about what what are the priorities of Jesus. Look at his life. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Look at his life. What was a priority? Well, prayer is a priority. What's another priority? Praying for the sick is a priority. What's another one? Declaring the kingdom of God is a priority. What's another one? Doing miracles. What's another one? Providing. What's another one? That's what we should do. That's the way that we should live. He's an example. He's, he's our goal. He's our model. And his priorities should be our priorities. How did he minister? One well, of that woman who's caught in adultery is dragged. Into the the court there, and they bring her to Jesus, and they're gonna stone her, which is the penalty for adultery. First of all, you gotta question how do they actually see it happening? Because of a bunch of peeping toms, I guess. So they catch her, they bring her, and you know, Jesus is there. How many of you know that? And he writes in the sand, and we don't know what he wrote. Somebody said he was writing about the sins that the people that were there saw. And he says, He who has No sin casts the first stone, and they're all like, whoa. Everybody walks off. What did he say to her? He said, You're forgiven, go and sin no more. She had a choice of whether she's going to go shack up or not. It was her choice. Come on, someone say, I got a choice. I've seen people who have been gloriously delivered. Drugs and alcohol and a life of bondage go right back. I've seen 10 years of t- those that have delivered 10 years seemingly walk on fire, walking in the fire and the power of God. And, and after 10 years, they turn. A little bit of compromise, a little bit of compromise, becomes more compromise. And before you know it, that person that was delivered has turned their back on the Lord and they've gone headlong right back into, into drugs and alcohol and abuse, pornography. It's a choice. It's a choice that you make. When you're, when you're looking at your screen and you're, you're on Instagram and you're looking for your friend and all of a sudden you see an image. Whoop, 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 whoop. It's a choice to go whoop, 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 close, cancel app. Searching on, searching on some of these things is very dangerous. TikTok is big, that Chinese app. How many of you know what TikTok is? I did learn a dance move. Something like that. Okay, anyway. Pastor Kirsten and I are going to work on that. No? But I had, th- I had things come across to TikTok that was just like, whoa. Wh- I mean, how many woes you have to get before you don't look at it? I don't do TikTok. I can't do TikTok. I don't do it. I, I don't do it. Why? It's like, I mean, Really? I mean, how much garbage you have to see? I know about my friends, and they're all TikToking, and I just want to TikTok with them. But think about the defilement that you have a choice to whether you turn that app off. And you know, maybe I'm not doing it right. Not, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just saying. For me, I don't need. I, there's stuff I don't need to see. Some of you, are, some of you have are, have so been dumbed down. God delivered you from. Homosexuality, same sex attraction, but then you're finding yourself looking at pictures again. And do, you, do you actually think that's not going to be rekindled? Now you have a choice to not look at the picture or to look. come on, raise your hands to heaven and say, Woo! Do you have a choice? You have to stay free or go right back to bondage? That revelation. It's called the Glory of Man." That's what theologians call it the Glory of Man in the Garden of Eden. they chose to eat from the tree. It's called the Glory of Man. That destroys what your students, your, your kids, are being taught in school, which is this: Situational ethics. Situational ethics, just give you a, a little a little bit here. It was uh, developed by an American Anglican theologian. obviously he had. Pretty faulty, jacked-up theology. Joseph F. Fletcher was his name. 1966, it rolled out perfect. Free love. Wasn't love, wasn't free. And let me give you the definition of situational ethics. Because this is what students are being taught today. In schools are being taught this. Okay, watch this. Situational ethics is moral decision-making is contextual or dependent on a set of circumstances. Situational ethics holds that moral judgments must be made within the context of the entirety of the situation, that all normative features of the situation must be viewed as a whole. You're like, what did you just say? Okay, let's hold, here's situational ethics. You're in a, uh, your boat is sinking. And you're able to launch a lifeboat. And you and your ten friends get in the lifeboat. And you're like, look what the Lord has done. I also learned that from TikTok a while back. Okay, you're in the boat. There's ten of you. And you look at your food supply and realize... There's only enough food for eight people. And so then at that, situational ethics would say, two people need to die. That's situational ethics. And you know what is absolutely ridiculously lame about that? God can send a raven with a loaf of Italian bread and some fried chicken to drop off in your boat. And it doesn't take into account a living God who loves you and hears prayer and intervenes in the affairs of men. All it does is look to say, well, I guess this is a decision. You're the ugly, slow one, so you're going to die. (laughs) Wow. Kids are being taught that in the schools today. That is not how we make decisions. Sit for hours on a psychiatric couch. No, I'm fixing to, fixing to slap something right now. You can, you, can, you can sit for hours on a psychiatric couch to find out all the reasons that you're messed up and weird. When you know you are. And you'll be like, well, I discovered that I was bottle fed. And uh, okay. It did things in my mind. I don't have the kind of immune system that I would have if I was breastfed. And 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 and, and I was dropped on my head by my father. That's why I'm weird. Okay, that that might be true. And the problem with psychology and psychotherapy is it, and I know. Oh, I know. I I, I got some very real experiences from the couch. I should write a book. I am writing a book. pause that you're experiencing in service right now is Pastor Daniel getting a hold of his thoughts so I can be gracious and kind. I have, I have the voice of my wife going through my head. Just talk like Dr. Morocco. Just talk like Dr. Morocco. Just be a statesman. Be a statesman. But somehow I just can. I can choose to. I will, I'm choosing right now. I'm I, I now, right, right, right now, I, I'm choosing to. The problem with that is that on a psychiatric couch, all of the revelation of the difficult things that you've gone through, and I, and I am poking fun, but I don't want to mock your pain of what happened with your mom and your dad and your brother and your sister and the different things that happened. I understand. I've got my own story. You come out of that with what? Some medication? Well, I discovered why I'm depressed. Now, now listen, I had a Prozac milkshake years ago, and it helped me for a season until I got to the root of stuff. So I'm I'm not entirely against it. But if you don't get to the root, you don't get to the root of it. And so... People come off of psychiatric couches with with medications to help them cope, to help them relax, you know, to take sleep medication. And imagine a, you know, butterfly landing on your nose or whatever. They take medication so they're not anxious, so they're not nervous, so they're not scared, so they're not. And they can tell you all the things dropped on my head, bottle fed. That's why I'm weird. The truth is this, that all those things, while they may be true, they don't make you who you are. They are not in control. Once you get born again, you can make a choice to move out of the the bondage of being bottle fed and dropped on your head. You can choose to change your life. You can be set free. You don't have to be a victim. You can be a victor. You can walk in power. You can walk in authority. Am I yelling? choose to walk in victory? Well, I could hang my head and find something to cry about. I could blame people. Just remember every time you point the finger at somebody, there's three pointing back at you. These three. Oh, stop. Forgive them. Apply the blood. Change your life. Let's look at Habakkuk. Everybody say, Habakkuk. That was really lame. you got to shake your head a little bit, a little bit more breath. Come on, you ready? He said, Habakkuk. Okay. Habakkuk is um, his concerns. First of all, Jehoiada is the, is the evil king. The year is 609 B.C. He's evil. He's a wicked man. And all of the people that are serving underneath him are also wicked, which is a picture that's true for us today that that people, listen, you'll become like those who you serve with. The the leadership has got to be right. I'm going to tell you something, that the enemy's trying to bring a Trojan horse of demonic power into our nation even as we speak. Leadership will determine how a nation, how a family goes. You know, they say in homes that if you can get the father to get born again and saved, then it's like 98% of the family comes in. It's not not the percentage with the wife, but it is the percentage with the husbands. If a father gets saved, then the the whole family comes soon soon thereafter. Usually. Some people are more stubborn than others. It was a violent time in Habakkuk's day. There's no justice in the courts. Sounds familiar. There's violence in the streets. Come on, just go read it. It's really a picture of, like, where we're at. And a, as a contemporary of Jeremiah, Habakkuk is a contemporary of Jeremiah. They, they were alive and prophesying at the same time. Habakkuk cries out, how long? And why, God, why? Listen, why is a painful thing to ask. But that's what he does. He's like, how long do we have to deal with this? injustice in the courts and violence in the street and the corruption of this evil knucklehead. How long, God? And why? Why? And he doesn't like the answer he gets. No, he he doesn't like it. Basically, what God says is he's like, well, I'm going to fix it. I'm sending judgment. He's like, wait, 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 wait wait a minute. What, what, uh, uh, What? What? God says, "I'm sending judgment and I'm sending judgment using a pagan nation. I'm sending the Babylonians to bring judgment on Judah. I mean, can you imagine if you, can you imagine being an intercessor, prophetic intercessor, you're crying out, "Come on God, How long, Lord, Lord, fix this nation, fix this nation." He's like, "No problem. I'll send China." No problem. How about a Chinese virus? I'm not saying the thing came from him. I am saying it came from the devil. And the enemy wants to bring pain in this nation. America's got to wake up. I don't understand about judgment. I'm not going to pretend that I do. But I do know that you can't look at Scripture and see what nations do and not be judged. You can't kill babies. What is it, 60 million babies and think that you're not going to the woodshed. That's just not going to happen. And then he says, you know, I'm sending judgment from the Babylonians, and then, and then I'm going to judge them. I mean, that's kind of intense. His response is he prays. What a beautiful response. I will tell you if there has ever been a time to pray for America, it is now. It is not unlike when we were breaking free from English rule and, the, and the, the taxation without representation. It is not unlike that, but it's much worse, actually. How can, how can a group of Minutemen beat the strongest nation in the earth by the very hand of God? Because God wanted to establish something in this nation, and now we find ourselves moving to situational ethics, and secular humanism. And we find the church asleep in the arms of the enemy when God is saying, church of the living God, arise and pray and, and intercede. Today is a day of prayer. today's a day of breakthrough. But you've got to pray. That's what he does. He prays. And he comes to faith in God. That he will fulfill his purpose even though Habakkuk doesn't understand it all. I have a great gift of simplicity of mind. (laughs) I don't understand much. But I know the one who's called me a little bit. And I'm going to grow in that. And I'm thankful that I'm in my right mind. I'm thankful that although all that I've gone through, I stand here in my right mind. Come on, some of you are in your right mind. You ought to praise the Lord. Some of you. Habakkuk didn't understand it all. You don't have to understand it all. He knew that God was going to fulfill his purpose even though he didn't understand. And I'm going to tell you that God will fulfill the purpose in your life if you'll choose to serve him. And God will fulfill his purpose in the United States of America if you'll pray and you'll believe God. God will fulfill his purpose. You don't understand how he's going to do it. Listen, I don't understand how, how God has done all kinds of miracles, there's so many. There are unexplainable breakthroughs in this church. I I just go hours to talk about it. We shouldn't even exist. We should not be here. The kind of attack that hit this place some 15 years ago, 14 years ago, levels most churches they close and they never come back. But we are here. How? I don't know. It's a miracle. He must want to do something through the likes of you and me. Chooses the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. Habakkuk writes things like Habakkuk 2:14, "For the earth is filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as of what waters cover the sea." He writes in Habakkuk chapter three and two, "We've heard of your fame and stand in all of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day. In our time, make them known in wrath, remember mercy. He chooses to have faith. He chooses to rejoice. Whoa. He rejoices in God, not his circumstances. Oh, how many times have we been in situations where there we are, feeling like you're dying with COVID-19. Come on, there you are, and it's difficult and painful, and yet you lift your hands, you lift your head, and you worship God. You know, Habakkuk's situation, very similar to the Apostle Paul in the book of Philippians, and, and Philippians 4.13, he says, I can do all things through. Do you know where he was when he wrote that? He was not drinking a daiquiri, a little umbrella, a virgin daiquiri. He, he wasn't he, he, he wasn't on a chaise lounge, you know, looking for some baby oil. Do you know where he was? Parisen. He was in prison for the gospel when he writes that, the prison epistles. He writes to the church in Philippi and says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 2 Corinthians 12, Paul says, In my weakness, his strength is made perfect. When you're weak and you can't do it, well, isn't that a beautiful time for God to show up and show off and do what he does? No, he chose to worship God. He chose to rejoice in God, not in his circumstances, and God gave him strength. Verse 19, God gave him strength. The Lord God, verse 19, the Lord God is my strength. Hmm. And this next verse, I, I, I'll never forget this. I was working in, uh, in Kihei, once again, for a rental car company, and some random Middle-aged, spirit-filled, Holy Ghost lady comes walking up to the counter. I've never seen her in my life. And she says, Are you Daniel? I said, Yes, I am. She said, I have something for you. I was like, Okay. How many of you know when somebody said they got you? How many of you know you can hear spiritual authority? I have something for you. I was like, Shonda, da-da-da-da. I'm like, all right. And she had something in her hand, and she brings it forward, and she hands me a book, which I would encourage every single person to read, Hines Feet in High Places. She hands this book to me, and she says, God is going to give you Heinz' Feet in High Places. And the, and the presence of God touched me, and I thought, Woo, amen. And then Aniki came, which was a huge hurricane, and I lost the book. What that means, it's a great book. I'd encourage all of you to read it. Heinz Feet in High Place, a classic. What that means is, see, the high places were where demons were worshipped, the high places are where idols were worshipped. The high places on the high places is where there would be an apostate people turning from the Lord and worshipping idols. And so when he says here in Habakkuk chapter 19, The Lord God is my strength. He will give me the feet like a deer's feet. And that a hind, that's King James. Hinds is another name. Not ketchup. It's another name for a deer. I saw a picture recently of some goats on the side of a mountain. I mean, what are they standing on? They're standing on like a quarter inch. They're like... That's the picture, that God gives you such surefootedness, such authority, such agility in the spirit that you'll be able to go over even demonic mountains and you'll be able to stand on stuff and declare the glory of the Lord of the land of the living. You'll be able to take the high places for God, that God will put his authority on you. Come on! Don't live like a limp noodle, apathetic and lethargic, whining about the fact that you weren't breastfed for God's sake. Shake yourself! <laughs> ah! I've got power. I've got authority. God before me. Who can give me against me? He's given me hind's feet in high places. Come on! Just kick your leg out. It feel good. Go ahead. Whoa! climb above the adversary. Psalm 18 is really where he's getting that from, I believe. No matter what evil comes your way, you're going to trample it. The God of peace will soon crush Satan underneath your feet. All right. So here we go. Some application. Are you ready? Just a couple more minutes as Mr. Anointed Keys comes from the front row. Will you choose to forgive and be forgiven? It's a choice to forgive. Please hear me. It's a choice. Some of you went through unspeakable things. Well, let me just tell you something. That thing that was so heinous and so horrible. I'm going to shoot high because we've got children on purpose. It's family night tonight. Some of you went through heinous things that people should have been arrested for, and it was your own flesh and blood that did it. And so now, you're, now you find yourself in your 30s or your 20s, you find yourself so angry. Be like, man, if I could just, if I could, I mean, a spirit of murder can actually come on you about certain things. It's true. And by you not forgiving, I'm going to tell you what you're doing. You're turning your own life over to the torturers. How does that work? Because you're not going to be forgiven unless you forgive. You don't understand. You don't understand what they did. No, I don't. I have my own story, but let me just tell it this way. Certain things that I went through, certain things that I did. Listen, we all deserve death. You say, that's not fair. You ought to thank God. It's not. Give me justice. No, you don't want that. You want mercy, because you'd be crisped. Come on, me am grateful for God's mercy. So when I understood this, I mean, I actually had the thought like somebody needed to die for something that happened. Like, really? No, they should just be executed. Come on, don't look at me like that. They should just like like should just end that line right there. Somebody should die. And the Lord whispered to me and says, "Somebody did." And I thought, "Oh God!" When I understood the power of the cross, see, in in and of yourself, you have an ability to be able to forgive. Some more than others, but true forgiveness only comes by justice being served. And the way that what justice is, is that without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So the way that you forgive is really based on what Jesus has done. So when, you've, when something happened to you, when you went to that house to babysit and that guy was there, and that father and the, the mother wasn't, and, and, and it got terrifyingly scary and something went wrong. How do you forgive that? You realize that death was served, The death sentence was served for that man through the man Christ Jesus. And you then apply the blood. You forgive through the cross. Are so you following me? Somebody need to die. Jesus, you died. God, you died for that. That wicked, nasty, horrible thing that happened to my family, to my father, to my mother, that thing that happened with my uncle. God, that thing, that thing right now. God, you died for that. And I put that under by a choice. I make a choice, an act of my will. I put that underneath the blood. And I choose to forgive. No, I don't. I want to choke him. No, I choose to. uh, Choke him. Forgive him. Choke him. Forgive, choke. Forgive. That's how that is. I want to punch his. Oh, I forgive him. Let me punch his face. No. It's just. You guys are listening. How do you forgive that? An act of your will. Oh, feelings. Feelings come and go. No, it's not feelings. It's an act of your will. And if you don't do it, then your sins not forgiven. Prove it. I could prove it many different ways, but my favorite way if you've been here for any length of time is to pray the Our Father listen closely. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy 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 on Forgive us our debts, wait, trespasses. What's another word for that? Say it, mama. Right. All right, I I don't need any help preaching. Sin. Everybody say sin. Everybody say sin. sin. I just wanted a little bit of help. Thanks, you're awesome. Debts, trespasses, sin. Forgive us our debts, our trespasses, our sins. What's the next line? As we forgive those who sin against us. Conference over. Drop the mic, but it's not good for mics to be dropped. forgiven. I don't feel like it. it. has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the revelation of Jesus Christ becoming sin for you and to all who would believe on him. But I'm angry. I understand you're angry. you got to forgive him. Feelings of forgiveness will flow later. You have to make an act of your will. I, I've been through things where I had to forgive somebody every 30 seconds. You're like, forgive me. You're like I let it go. I let it go. Oh, Jesus, I forgive them right now. You're like, such a jerk. Oh, No, 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 no. How many of you don't understand what I'm talking about? You know, your ex-wife, your ex-husband, your your uncle, your father, your mother. I don't know what it is for you, but you've choose. Everybody say, I choose to forgive. And I choose to be forgiven. I gotta say this. uh, It's only 7.30, and I'm I'm just gonna go for a few more minutes. I understood for me in my life, and this might help you, I understood that Jesus died Uh, for all the sins that I did and understood that he died for all the sins that people did to me. I understood that he took the place. It was a propitiation. He was the the object of wrath that took wrath away from me and he redeemed me. I understood that. But in my soul, I could not forgive myself. This is a big one. I couldn't forgive myself and I felt completely unworthy. And so literally for well over a year, maybe longer, I loved God. He loved me. But I had a loathing self-hatred for what I did. I mean, really, I did not like myself. And I remember being in some service. It's so long ago. And I felt unworthy. And somebody said to me, you know, your feeling of unworthiness is because you're so full of pride. I thought, what? So, oh yeah, you're full of pride. So, what you you don't think that the blood of Jesus is able to cleanse you and your conscience? So you got some other standard. You got another standard? Is that good enough for you? Is that not good enough for you? So you have another standard. So you can't be forgiven. Everybody else can be forgiven, but you can. Is that is that how that is? Oh. Prideful one? I thought, oh, I think I just got dismantled. <laughs> right in your notes. I'm going to choose to forgive and be forgiven. Say it with me. I will choose to forgive and be forgiven. I will choose to pray. I'm going to make a choice. I make a choice to pray. I pray. If you don't pray, then you're missing out. You're, you're, you're crippling heaven. You can cripple heaven through your prayerlessness. Will you choose to pray? Will you, will you choose to, to be committed to the house of God? How about that? You know, I've been here long enough. I've been here long enough. I used to hear Dr. Morocco say this, and I, I, I knew it was true, but I couldn't quite relate. I, we've been here long enough to see kids then become adults and get married and have kids and then dedicate the kids. We've seen that. It's long, long enough now. And I see families who refuse to go to the house of God. And later on, they're going to have a prison ministry. Later on, they're going to come for help, and we're going to help them. But i I just like, how can I, what can I say to wake them from the stupidity of not being committed to the house of God? I don't know how you live. I honestly don't know how you live a victorious life. without. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. You're here on a Sunday night for God's sake. I mean, obviously, you guys are committed. You're here on a Sunday night. It's a choice. I've missed Sunday mornings a handful of times maybe. COVID-19, when we went through that, and I I had to not come to church, I can't tell you what that did for me. I was so committed to things of evil so long ago, and I when after I got delivered some 20 something years ago, I thought I will never be any less more committed for you, God, than I was for the devil. Never. Man, some of you'd stay up all night, you're like, but you can't get your carcass out of bed and come to church on the Sunday morning. Bump your neighbor and say, He's not talking to me. Is he is he talking to you? I don't know who he's talking to. <laughs> Will you choose to be committed to the house of the Lord? Come on, let, let's get let's get going. Will you choose to serve? Will you choose to serve? Will you get involved? If you don't learn to serve, then your discipleship will be um, hindered or hampered or distorted. You have to do more than just hear the word. You have to learn to do the word. You have to you have to learn to serve. If you don't learn to serve, get involved in some of these teams: a the worship team, sound team, children's team. Get involved. Start. I don't want to. I know, it's all about you. That's the problem. Get away from I, I, I don't want to and say I choose to serve. And what you'll find is God's power comes on you. It begins to change your life. And you build these incredible relationships with people that will stand with you and fight with you in the trenches of life. Come on, someone say I choose to serve. Will you choose to tie? Oh, snap. Will you choose to tithe? I have. I will. I will continue to. Will you choose to be faithful to your spouse? Yes. Meant my vows when I said them. I was looking at pictures of our wedding. It was difficult in many ways because some family members didn't come because they thought they should just boycott that for different reasons that they had. We were able to get through that. Our money was invested in other areas. We didn't have a lot of resources in the natural. We were crazy. We are crazy in love, and we were crazy in love with each other. We had the blessing of my mother, and the blessing of my pastor, the blessing of leaders all around us. We felt the call of God and the power of God in our life. I was looking through those wedding pictures the other day. I could feel glory shooting off of the pictures. And I remembered I remembered my vows, I going mean, I brought them before me till death do us part, to love and to cherish. In sickness and in health, I commit and I pledge my life to you. And you did the same thing. A covenant between each other and God. It's a choice to stay faithful with your eyes. Oh, I'll go over here. It's a choice to stay faithful with your eye gate, with your ear gate, with your mouth. It's a choice. Some of you commit heart adultery every single day. Can you play that kind of, uh, I'm trying. What's sort of a, sort of ballet-ish kind of thing? No, 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 you just play it. my wife doesn't know is that there's times when I wake up in the night and I, I stare at her face. And I etch her face into my heart and into my mind. Some of you stare at other stuff and you wonder why your heart's so jacked. That which you behold, you'll become. If you behold the glory of the Lord, you'll become more like him. And I've had a choice. We've made a choice, haven't we? We sat down and we were drinking tea or coffee and something. I just there was no carbs, but I'm drinking something and, and there wasn't biscuits or cookies or anything, but we I remember looking at him and I said, I'm I will be faithful. I will we will finish. Our kids know it too. There's not a doubt in their mind, There's not a doubt in my mind. I don't ever have to think about you being weird with some other guy, because you'd, you'd hurt them. Black belt and taekwondo and stuff. I I, got to hurry. I said that like, this is like my fifth close. Will you be faithful to your wife, your spouse, and your family? Where's my son? You know, the Lord spoke to me. I'm into training and working out. I've had a break from COVID-19. But my break's over. I'm going back into the gym. The Lord spoke to me. And he said, "Would you be willing to let go of your whole workout routine and give your your training time to be with your son, to train him, and be with him for basketball?" And I thought, "Well," uh. and then I saw him leaving. I saw him being married, and I saw him being established in his own home, and I realized I got. He's a senior in high school. He will leave my house. And you know what's going to be amazing? I believe at the end of this training time, I'm going to be able to dunk. And you'll be able to dunk. So we're doing this thing called Fat Don't Fly. And we're going to train. And you and I will never forget it. It starts tomorrow. Are you ready? I'm not ready either, but we're going to do it. That's a commitment of supporting him in his senior year of basketball, and believe me, part of me wants to just do my own routine and not do that. But the Lord spoke to me and so said, you, you, "You, and we'll always remember it." That's a picture of being faithful to your family. Spend time with your sons, with your daughters. Teach them the word. Teach them in prayer. Man, am I going long? It's Pastor Kirsten's fault. Will you choose to work? Will you choose to work or will you be a slacker? I've preached whole messages on work. Work is ordained by God. Don't sit at home on your mama's couch and play video games and look at Instagram and Snapchat until your teeth fall out. Get a job. Do something fruitful. Don't have your mom and your dad constantly tell you to take the trash out. Think ahead. Get, Get to work and you'll find joy begin to flow. I better move on. I'm not feeling the love there either. Will you choose to witness? Amen. Will you choose to witness? Will you share your faith? And lastly, will you choose to rejoice? No matter the outcome of the elections, will you choose to rejoice? No matter, no matter which way the wind blows, will you, will you choose to rejoice? I choose to serve God. I choose to rejoice. I choose God's will. God's, it's your choice. Stop being a victim. Can you say amen? amen? Stand up all across this place, lift your hand to the heavens. Man. Michael, lead us in some glory shooting out of your face music. Come on, all across this place. Lift your hands to heaven all across this place. God's calling some of you to finish your education. Quit waiting. It's a word of knowledge. Quit waiting. God's calling you to change your job. What are you going to wait until you're like 70 and then you? I hate my job. Get another one. Well, I can't afford it. Believe God. Pray. Get an idea. Equip yourself. Train yourself. Well, my marriage is not working out so good. It's your fault. Get some help. Get some counseling. Learn to be like Jesus. Die to yourself and... and, and do whatever you got to do to bless your wife or bless your husband. Learn to yield and pray and fast. Yes, I am, but they're not. Listen, it just takes one. One to bring the power and the presence and the fire of God to change your life. Come on. Come on, lift your voice, won't you, as Minister Michael? Come on, lift your voice. All across this place, I'm going to choose to be a victim. Oh! your family maybe something you went through maybe something that happened to you you went through some difficult things and it's just like man you filleted me open the lord does that to bring healing that's why that that's why that happens what god reveals god heals so if if tonight you've had some things revealed or maybe you've been aware of it but suddenly you realize, man, i gotta deal with that i gotta deal with that i gotta deal with that bottle fed thing I'm trying to put some sugar up on it to help you. If you're bottle fed tonight, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm trying to put sugar <laughs> If you went through some things that you need to forgive and you need to be healed from, you need to be loosed from, maybe you've got some unforgiveness to your father or your mother or your brother or your sister or your aunt or your uncle or yourself. You want to let that go. We have the front part of this church, which is commonly called an altar. Altars throughout Scripture are where the sinfulness of man meets the holiness of God. And if you will bring that revealed thing, that which he reveals, he heals. If you'll bring that to the Lord and ask him to take it from you, he's going to based upon the finished work of Jesus. And then you have to exercise your will to keep it there and declare it there. I'm gonna help you. Now, if you're uncomfortable coming to the front, I understand you can stay right where you're at, but there's something about coming to the front to say, man, I'm done with this right here. I'm done, I'm letting this go. As Minister Micah leads us in the worship team, if that's you, you wanna be healed, things from your childhood, things from last week, it doesn't matter. You need to be healed from that. You're gonna choose to move forward. Step out from where you are and come all the way up to the front. It's
1: your breath. It's your breath.
0: forgive all those who hurt me, my father, my mother, my brothers or sisters. I forgive, now fill in the blank. I forgive, fill in the blank. You died for that. Go ahead and say it. You died for that sin. You died for that which took place in my family, in my life. And I choose to forgive that one who so deeply wounded and offended me. I ask you to forgive me. Come on, go ahead, ask him. I ask you to forgive me where I've hurt and wounded and offended and scarred others. Come on, ask him to forgive you. I ask you to forgive me. And I pray now. Come on, say it. And I pray now. Heal me of all of my wounds, all of the rejection, all of the defilement, Heal me now, and I say to you, be. receive your healing tonight.
1: There's healing in the name. Come on, sing with us right now. The healing in the name of Jesus. There's healing.
0: specifically on some of the women in the house and that your your body has been affected and there's need of healing i see the hand of god coming and like moving things around like new organs just i see the healing power of god on livers on kidneys I see the healing power of God on wombs. As odd as that is, I see God healing the effects of that which took place. I see God healing physically. Now I see God healing in the emotions. I see the sting, the the pain of that event being removed. Some have battled like a PTSD. It's actually affected your marriage. Have battled that. There's like a trauma there. The Lord's healing you now. He's healing you now. I see men being healed. I see shame being broken off. Right now. Be healed. The scars, wounds, memories heal. Here's the key. Worship Him in the midst of it. Watch the pain go. Come on. All the earth will
1: shout Your Come on. A moment longer. our service is concluded. These bones will sing. Great.
0: spouse, to your children, to the things of the kingdom. Can you give a shout to God one more time? Every head bowed as we close. Every eye closed. Every head bowed. If you're not right with God. You want to give your life to Jesus for the first time or make a recommitment to him. Online, those here, you say, that's me, Pastor. Thank you for your honesty. Pray this. Write out loud. For the apostle Paul said, "With your heart you believe, and your mouth you confess unto salvation. You believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead. You receive Him because it's the only way to be forgiven. You must repent. Ask God to forgive you. It's the basis of all healing. is forgiveness. It's the basis of how to have your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. There's another way." Give all that you have and surrender your body to the flames, none of that will work. You'll be utterly scorned. You must be born again. You must receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Won't you do it now? Pray, repeating after me. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your Son, Jesus, to die in my place and to rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin and come into my life into my, into my heart be my Lord be my, Lord. Be my Savior, be my Savior. Wash, wash me and cleanse, me. And, me, cleanse and me and make me new thank you for loving me thank you for hearing my prayer amen, amen. let me pray for you I ask Holy Spirit now let a fresh wind of heaven come baptize these afresh let sorrow and sighing flee the joy of the Lord come upon each and every man and woman, every boy and girl. Depression go, anxiety go, joy. Let the joy of the Lord, which is our strength, let the joy of the Lord come. Fill people now. Baptize these afresh. Release people's prayer language right now. Come on. Forget about your neighbor. Lift your hands to the heavens. It's 8.03, and I'm just going for a couple more minutes, and we're done. Holy Spirit, come. Fill every heart. Right now, be filled. Sever and break every chain of bondage. Release your power. Be filled now. Be filled. sing in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit if you have that freedom. Come on. 60 seconds. We're done. Some of you made a decision to forgive somebody who who deeply offended you and wounded you. And I'm telling you, I prophesy to you, there's more than one, there's at least seven or eight people here. I prophesy to you that this week you'll receive a phone call. This week something supernatural happened because you made an act of your will to forgive because of the blood. And you'll see something change this week and you'll know it. You'll connect it to tonight and you'll say, my God, that's because I forgave them. Man. Who else do I need to forgive? Come on. God's doing it. I see breakthrough. Breakthrough in America. Breakthrough in our homes. Breakthrough in the Alaska. Breakthrough, God. All over the world, we thank you and we praise your Lord. Mm, before I close, we have our team ready, Marisa. Good. Why don't they come now, please? We have a team of people that have trained for over a year. Regarding prophetic presbytery that's giving prophetic words, I have endorsing them now. And if you would, two by two by two, stretch yourself all the way across the front, equidistant. (laughs) If you need a word from the Lord, you can just come, and they'll be standing here, and they're going to give you 60-second words apiece. So it'll be only two minutes if you're standing in front of two people, and they'll pray for you and bless you. Also, before I dismiss formally, uh, Pastor Kirsten, would you come and just give us some instructions? Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.